Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Almost there. New Year's Eve is tomorrow. If you got anything interesting going on, let me know in the comment section. We're going to stay in probably. Two young kids, not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of celebrating with two young kids. <clears throat> so we did this earlier this morning. We went through the first quarter, first three months of Joe Biden's quote-unquote presidency and uh, went through all the terrible stuff that he did all of the uh the things he actually accomplished not a whole lot of them going through the executive orders and whatnot it was a very busy show we went through the first couple days of his administration and we were already halfway through the episode because if you remember on the first day he was he was overturning all of donald trump's executive actions so he didn't do a whole lot policy wise in the second quarter april through june but he did have a lot of really dumb moments on television. So we're going to be playing a bunch of clips just to remind you of just how ridiculous Joe Biden has been, how tyrannical he has been for the sec- in the second quarter. But before I do, I have to remind everyone, you got to hit that share button. You got to share this podcast. We're on Rumble. You can share the link there. It's a permanent link. So even if you're watching on DLive, or on Conservative Daily, you can always find the, the Rumble links that will always exist, so you can always share that link. Um, so please do share. We need to reach more people, and the best way to do that is through you guys sharing us with your friends, your family and friends. So I would be remiss if I didn't start this off by mentioning that the second quarter of 2021 gave us the amazing news that Hunter Biden once smoked Parmesan cheese out of a carpet thinking it was crack. He was going through carpet fibers, looking for little rocks of crack, found Parmesan cheese and smoked it anyway. So I would be remiss if I didn't include this in our recap for 2021. Mr. Producer, let's play cut number one. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I spent more time on my hands and knees picking through rugs Um, smoking anything that even remotely resembled crack cocaine. I probably smoked more Parmesan cheese than anyone, (laughs) anyone that you know, I'm sure, Tracy. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's the first son. Talking about smoking Parmesan cheese they picked out of carpet fibers. So we're going to, he's going to come up a number of times today because there were a couple of times during this part of 2021 where Joe Biden decided that he wanted to push for gun control and they wanted to push for the prosecution of people who fail background checks. We also learned this quarter that Hunter Biden had failed a background check himself. Hunter Biden had illegally purchased a gun by lying on his 4473 form, claiming that he was not addicted to a controlled substance or illegal substance, when in fact his memoir says at the time he was. That is a felony. It's an illegal firearm purchase. And Joe Biden wants him to be prosecuted. So on April 8th, Biden gave his big gun control speech. We covered this on the podcast. Um, So I'm not going to play all the clips from it. But the general theme was he wanted to go after so-called ghost guns, DIY firearms, which if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that our, in our history, history of the United States, patriots have always made their own firearms. We wouldn't be a country, wouldn't have won Revolutionary War had it not been for DIY gunsmiths and local gunsmiths making, making guns. We wouldn't have had enough weapons. Going, against, going up against homemade guns, going up against stabilizing pistol braces, pistol stabilizing braces. We've covered that on the podcast before. Um, really, really dumb thing to go after because it's all just semantics and also pushing a red flag law. Red flag law is a, uh, it's a provision that they want to put into federal law that will allow the prosecutor, a prosecutor to disarm you, to suspend your second amendment rights for months at a time 
without even having to accuse you of doing something wrong. This was the topic of our fact spot today because they are now renewing this push. They have the left knows they have to do something in 2022. They have to get something across the finish line. And while they're kind of jockeying for which one, which part of their agenda is going to be first, there's a huge push to make gun control the first bill out of the gate. And they have three bills that they want to push through. Obviously, if you if you read the fact spots, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, make sure you check your email. And if you don't already get our fact spots, make sure you sign up for them. The link is in the description. So the three bills that Joe Biden and the left want to push in 2022, the so-called Bipartisan Background Checks Act, that is the bill that is basically the UBCs, Universal Background Checks, Mansion, Toomey, whatever you want to call it. The whole point of that is to force every American to notify the government and ask for the government's permission every time they want to buy or sell or transfer a firearm. The whole point of that is so that the government can have a registry of every time a firearm changes hands. And the only reason to create such a registry is to use that to take guns away from people. World history shows us that every time a country has implemented a gun or gun owner registry, that registry database was eventually used to confiscate guns. Happened in Germany, happened in the Soviet Union, happened in the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, the list goes on and on and on. Never in world history have, has a government ever forced its citizens to register its guns and not eventually use that registry to take them away. But Joe Biden promises, promises that nothing he's advocating violates the Second Amendment. We'll get to that in a second. I got to get through the other two bills. The other one is the Enhanced Background Checks Act. That is a provision that would change how long the FBI has to complete a background check. The left calls it the Charleston loophole. It's actually a compromise that was written into law in 1994. The left wanted to give the FBI the power to take as long as they needed for a background check. Well, obviously, if you're a gun owner, if you're a gun rights advocate, you understand how that could be a very bad idea. Basically, you go to buy a gun, you submit your background check, and the FBI runs out the clock so you can never take it home. So in order for the the bill, the, the gun bill in 1994 to pass, Republicans demanded a concession from the Democrats that yes, background checks would happen at gun stores, but they would have to be performed within three days. If after three days, the FBI couldn't get their act together and perform the so-called instant check, then the gun purchaser could take the gun home with them. No questions asked. That was a compromise. The left has rebranded that compromise as a loophole, and they want to pass this bill, the Enhanced Background Checks Act of 2021. And what that bill would do is it would take it from 72 hours so all of a sudden giving the, the FBI, the NICS system, 20 business days, yeah, going from three days to 20 days, 20 business days to conduct the background check and the subsequent appeal. So if you are denied on your background check and you appeal, they have another, they basically have 10 days to process the background check, 10 days to process the appeal. The problem is 20 business days makes up an entire month. So since the background check itself only lasts for 30 calendar days, under this system, you could, you could basically go to buy a gun, be denied, appeal your denial, and the ATF could run out the clock and give you an answer after your background check had already expired, forcing you to go through the whole process over and over again, an endless loop. So that's a terrible bill. And then the third one, obviously, is the uh, the red flag bill, which is actually written by Marco Rubio. That's how terrifying this is, which would give the pros a prosecutor the power to go into court, tell a judge, I think this guy is dangerous. I, I'm not, I don't have enough evidence to charge him with a crime. I think he's dangerous. And if they can convince the judge that there's at least 51% chance that you're dangerous, the judge can take away your Second Amendment rights in secret without telling you. First time you find out about it is when the cops are knocking at your door to take him away. Those are the three bills that Biden and the left want to push in 2022. So if you haven't already joined the facts blast today, join it because this is coming. This is coming down the pike, those three bills. And it's everything that the left has always wanted. The ability to register people's guns, the ability to block gun purchases, and the ability to confiscate guns from people who have committed no crimes. It's everything the gun control left has ever wanted. But Biden claims that none of this actually violates your Second Amendment rights. And he says it with a straight face. He said it on April 8th, Mr. Producer, let's play cut number two. Dr. Jill Biden, who cares deeply about this issue as well. And I look out there and I see so many members of Congress who've led in this fight. So many of you who've never given up. So many of you are in, can, absolutely determined, as Murphy and others are, to get this done. We've got a long way to go. It seems like we always have a long way to go. But also, uh, today we're taking steps to confront not just the gun crisis, 
but what is actually a public health crisis. Ah. Nothing, nothing I'm about public to recommend crisis. in any way impinges on the Second Amendment. They're phony arguments suggesting that these are Second Amendment rights at stake from what we're talking about. But no amendment, no amendment to the Constitution is absolute. You can't I yell crowd, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater and call a freedom That's of speech. That's a lie. In the very beginning, you couldn't own any weapon you wanted to own. So lots of bullshit Biden's spewing. Not all that surprising. The whole notion that you can't yell fire in a crowded theater is not law anymore. First of all, you always could yell fire in a crowded theater when there was a fire, right? But that is no longer the standard by which the, the, the courts have allowed the First Amendment to be interpreted, right? You can't just be causing alarm as in yelling, yelling fire in a crowded theater, the only way the government can actually restrict your First Amendment rights is if they can prove that you are about to cause imminent harm, imminent action as a result of your speech. So he's bullshit there. But notice that he says, that <laughs> he says nothing in this is an impingement, which technically, I mean, that's not, uh, he could use that word, impingement, intrusion into an area. It would be infringement, though. That's that's the word he was probably looking for. But he landed on a word that fit. Even a blind squirrel gets a nut every now and then. He says it's not an infringement, but then he, he immediately after says the right is an absolute, meaning that he has the authority to infringe on your on your Second Amendment rights. He wants to have his cake and eat it, too. In this speech, he also mispronounced the ATF twice. That's not that hard. ATF, it's three letters. It's, it's quite literally the agency that would be enacting his gun-controlled dreams. He can't seem to get it out, though. Ms. Pierce, let's play cut three. Today, I'm proud to nominate David Chipman to serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. <laughs> knows the AFT. Well, David Chipman is no longer the nominee. David Chipman has had his nominee nomination withdrawn because David Chipman is a racist, among other things. He, <laughs> when he was at, as Biden said, AFT, ATF, when he was at the AFT, David Chipman once remarked to another coworker that he was shocked that black agents were able to pass the tests necessary for advancement. And I believe he insinuated that they must have been cheating. Um, not a good look. That's what ultimately killed his nomination. But he also went on the stand during his confirmation hearing and uh, and said he wanted to ban assault weapons, but refused to define what an assault weapon was. And uh, just overall, really radical, as radical as it gets. He's an anti-gun lobbyist. Joe Biden wanted to put him into the AFT, as Biden would claim. And the last clip I want to play from this is actually one of the most shocking it's something that joe biden has kind of latched onto the idea of gun manufacturer immunity biden and many leftists have claimed that gun manufacturers are somehow protected they are technically under federal law but that it's unreasonable for a gun manufacturer to be protected from civil litigation due to a crime being committed by one of their products now if someone was to go into home depot buy a hammer and beat their wife to death with the hammer you wouldn't be able to sue the hammer manufacturer. You wouldn't be able to sue Home Depot, right? Because the hammer isn't manufactured to kill your wife. The guns arguably are not manufactured to kill your wife. The guns are manufactured to defend yourself, target shooting, hunting. But the left wants to be able to do that to gun manufacturers. So they did it in the 90s and they were actually having a lot of success. They were on the brink of bankrupt bankrupting the entire gun industry in the country just by filing these frivolous lawsuits blaming gun stores for crimes committed by guns that were purchased there, even if they were stolen. So a guy goes and buys a gun from a gun store, a, a criminal steals the gun, uses that gun to kill someone. The victim's family sues the guy who originally owned it or sues the store. That, that's how frivolous we're talking. He sues the manufacturer. Well, a law was passed in the George W. Bush administration that protected, protected gun manufacturers from these kind of frivolous lawsuits. And Joe Biden wants to get rid of that law. Mr. Bruce, so let's play cut number four. Manufacturers from the immunity they receive from the Congress. You realize, again, the people here, because they're so knowledgeable on here in the Rose Garden, but what well, piece the people don't realize, the only industry in America, a billion-dollar industry, that can't be sued, has exempt from being sued, 
are gun manufacturers. Imagine how different it would be had that same exemption been available to tobacco companies who knew, who knew and lied about the danger they were causing, the cancer caused and the like. Imagine where we'd be. But this is the only outfit that is exempt from being sued. Cut it. If it's I a get lie. one thing on my list. It's a lie. He says if he gets one thing on his list, he wants to let the left bankrupt gun manufacturers by blaming them for crimes committed with their project products. Look at it this way. Imagine you are moving into a brownstone in New York. I don't know why you'd be moving into New York, but imagine you have a nice Steinway piano or a nice Yamaha piano, and you are lifting that piano up into the air because the only way to get it in is through the windows. It's like, like an old timey cartoon. The piano, the rope breaks, the piano falls, hits someone, seriously injures them. Now imagine that person sues Steinway, the, ma the piano manufacturer, or sues Yamaha, the piano manufacturer. That's what Joe Biden's talking about. I mean, it, sorry, it's reductio ad absurdium. It's, it's taking his argument and reducing it to the most absurd possible um, interpretation. But that's essentially what he's saying. Can I jump in, Max? If, he also forgot about the pharmaceutical sure. companies. Are they not exempt from lawsuits with all of these vaccine trials? And yeah, all, yeah. Like, that's, that's the other part you didn't, didn't want to mention. Said. It's ridiculous yeah, what he, he just said. He didn't want to mention it. But uh, every company is protected by from from being sued over someone else misusing their product right it, it, it's just come on he's lying lying through his teeth uh, not all that surprising but that was his big gun control speech in april merrick garland was in congress and merrick garland gave us a nice little nugget claiming that it's not terrorism it's not terrorism if it happens at night. Very, very strange. He was asked about Antifa and Black Lives Matter protesters torching and destroying a federal courthouse. And Merrick Garland said, well, it would be terrorism if it was during business hours. But since it was after business hours, it's not terrorism. Basically saying that you can commit heinous crimes to terrorize the population, to terrorize the federal judiciary. But as long as you do it at night, you're not a terrorist. Mr. Producer, let's play cut six an attempt to uh, disrupt uh, democratic processes. So an attack on a, uh, uh, a courthouse while in operation, uh, trying to prevent judges from actually deciding cases that plainly is um, domestic uh, um, uh, extremism, um, 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 uh, domestic uh, terrorism, um, an attack simply on a government property at night or any other kind of circumstances is a clear crime and a serious one and should be punished. I don't mean, I don't know enough about the facts of the example you're talking about, but that's where I, I draw the line. One, one is both are uh, criminal, um, uh, but one is uh, a core attack on our democratic institutions. So he is just completely wrong. Thank God this man is not on the Supreme Court. We dodged a real bullet there. For all the grief we give Mitch McConnell, you got to at least appreciate the fact that he didn't allow this man onto the Supreme Court. The terrorism is defined as the unlawful use of violence or intimidation, especially against a civilian population, in order to achieve some kind of political goal. Right. So you are terrorizing terrorism. You are terrorizing a population to try and get something political accomplished that you want. So it doesn't have to be during business hours. You can blow up the courthouse at night and say we've struck a blow at the heart of the of the American judicial system. And that is still terrorism. You're making people afraid to go to the courthouse. Just because it happened after the sunset doesn't mean it isn't terrorism that was just so idiotic had to play it's not exactly a joe biden bit but i had to play it. another thing i had to play even though it's not technically joe biden it's maxine anti-maxine maxine waters as you'll remember <laughs> in april it was april april may she was uh videotaped urging people to go out and act violently if george floyd's killer alleged killer was not um, convicted uh, Chauvin. Chauvin was not convicted. Let's play this jog down memory lane. Mr. Bruce replaced cut seven. This is a very difficult time in the history of this country. 
uh, despite the fact that we know that uh, people of color uh, have been killed too often, unarmed young men, in particular black men, have been killed. Uh, we know that we are now coming to the end of the George Floyd trial and that I suppose the closing arguments are going to be made on that case uh, coming Monday. And we're really just almost at the beginning of what is happening with our young man, uh, Dante Wright, uh, who was killed, and that we have to persist in calling for justice. We have to let people know that we're not going to be satisfied unless we get justice in these cases. And so I just could not sleep. I could not rest. I could not be uh, satisfied without coming here uh, to let the family know and the friends know and the people of this community know and all those who have organized for justice know that I stand with you. No good cops in a racist system. I stand with you. Thank you. I am not afraid. I am not intimidated. And I'm going to speak truth to power. Thank you. So her actions there have been described by many to amount to jury intimidation. She's telling people to get out in the streets and to protest. The jury was not sequestered, so the jury could have access and heard that through news reports or just through the grapevine. Um, it was shameful. Disgusting. But Jen Psaki, circle back girl, Joe Biden's White House press secretary, refused to condemn anti-Maxine for what she said there. Let's play that, Mr. Producer. Cut eight. And you talked about how the White House is preparing for whatever that verdict is. Congresswoman Maxine Waters said over the weekend that they need to, we've got to stay on the street and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they know that we mean business. Does the president agree with what she said about getting more confrontational? Well, I can speak to the president's view. Um, he has been very clear that he recognizes the issue of police violence against people of color, communities of color, is one of great anguish, and it's uh, exhausting and quite emotional at times. Uh, as you know, he met with the Floyd family last year and has been closely following the trial, as we've been talking about, and is committed to undoing this longstanding systemic problem. Uh, his view is also that exercising First Amendment rights and protesting injustice is the most American thing that anyone can do. But as he also always says, protests must be peaceful. Uh, that's what he continues to call for and what he continues to believe is the right way to approach uh, responding. Won't, won't condemn it. Will not condemn anti-Maxine's violent rhetoric. So Joe Biden also, on April 14th, announced that he was going to fully withdraw the United States troops from Afghanistan by September 11th, 2021, setting an arbitrary deadline that, as we know and as we'll cover tom uh, tomorrow morning when we cover that bit, um, went horribly. You know, there are Americans still trapped in Afghanistan to this day. I was reading a story today. There is a group of nuns, Catholic nuns, that are stuck in Afghanistan, and the State Department will not help them get out. It is, it is stunning. And media doesn't report on it. Media just lets it go. It's over. He did what he could. Joe Biden, when he was asked about that, we'll get into it more tomorrow, but he said, couldn't have done it any better. Pretty, pretty disgusting. So Joe Biden did a lot of things. He said a lot of stupid stuff. He, he started hearing this, this talking point whenever he would give um, speeches or press events um, that he couldn't answer questions because he was going to get in trouble. Don't have to play it. We've all heard it. But uh, how can the president of the United States, commander in chief, leader of the free world, get in trouble for asking press questions? The reason is his handlers do not want him answering questions because his handlers know that the more he talks, the worse he looks. And after a year of, of doing what Joe does, he is at 36% approval rating. But throughout the year, especially around this time, Joe Biden started stealing Donald Trump's accomplishments, taking credit for things that Donald Trump did as if he had done them. So, Mr. Producer, let's, let's jump ahead. We're going to play this cut number 12. Everyone over the age of 16, everyone is now eligible to get vaccinated right now, right away. Go get vaccinated, America.
Hundreds of millions of doses will be available every month, and we expect to have enough vaccines for every American by April. <laughs> I mean, that's from his speech before a joint session of Congress. Not technically a State of the Union, but essentially a State of the Union address where he is literally taking credit for getting vaccines out there when Donald Trump said, oh, no, that's that's when they're probably going to be all ready. Pretty incredible. He also gave a lot. He started talk, pushing immigration. Now, immigration didn't pass this year. They tried their darndest, didn't pass. But here's a bit from his State of the Union, more of the nonsense spewing about the so-called dreamers. Let's play cut number 13, Mr. Producer. Congress needs to pass legislation this year to finally secure protection for dreamers. The young people have only known America as their home. And permanent protection for immigrants who are here on temporary protective status who came from countries beset by man-made and natural-made violence and disaster. As well as the pathway to citizenship for farm workers who put food on our tables. Look. So the temporary protected status, that is bullshit. There are people who've come from Central American countries and beyond who have been here decades because they had a hurricane. So when you have a hurricane or an earthquake that rips through Haiti or Nicaragua or Costa Rica or any of these, these countries, yeah, in the 80s and the 90s, it was terrible for a hurricane to roll through these countries. It looked like a war zone. But these are people who have lived in the United States for 30 years on temporary protected status to escape basically a post-hurricane landscape. Hurricane's over. They've rebuilt. I've, I've been to Nicaragua since they had those natural disasters. It is not perfect, but it's not a war zone. These people, though, they, they basically want, want to use their temporary protected status as a way into the country. They claim that since they've been here so long, they deserve just to be able to stay. That's not what the law says. That's not what the law says at all. And thank goodness they did not pass immigration this year. But again, just like gun control, that's something that they are going to try and push through next year. Because especially if the polls hold up and they lose Congress in November, that is the Democrats do not want to lose control of the House and or the Senate and not be able to push through immigration. That's something we're going to keep fighting for, fighting against, I mean, in the coming weeks and months. So we also had Joe Biden in early May decide to raise the refugee limit. So we told you earlier that he had raised it to over 100,000. That was going to be a scaled increase. Well, on, in May, on May 3rd, Joe Biden just arbitrarily decided right now we're raising it to 62,500 refugees. Going to jump the gun and raise as fast as possible. Again, at a time when we had a pandemic, going to bring more unvetted, untested, unvaccinated people into the country um, as refugees. Bad idea. Terrible, terrible idea. He signed hate crime legislation, which, listen, hate crimes are terrible, right? But they are essentially crimes. Crimes are terrible, right? All criminals are deserve to be prosecuted. But the hate crime legislation that he passed, it's, it's again, it's just feel-good stuff. It's like, oh, you're discriminating. You're, you're being mean to Asians because COVID-19 came from China. Let's prosecute you for it. It's, it really is insane. It really, really is. So big one in, in uh, Joe Biden announced our independence from masks. Remember, this is when the CDC said, oh, if you're vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Joe Biden didn't get that memo. He kept wearing masks regardless. But he announced that you don't have to wear a mask. Well, now they've changed their mind. You see the science changes, as Anthony Fauci says. But he made that big announcement. I want to play this one. Joe Biden gave a speech before the Coast Guard. And he tried to steal Ronald Reagan's, one of Ronald Reagan's jokes. But it fell completely flat. It was not funny at all. It was awkward. It was, it was terrible. So I'll play this, the Joe Biden so-called joke, side-by-side side, Ronald Reagan telling the same joke. And notice the reaction from the crowd. Mr. Producer, we're going to play cut 16. My Coast Guard aides have been excellent. One of them taught me that, and I quote, the Coast Guard is that hard nucleus about which the Navy forms in time of war. I can only assume that you will enjoy educating your family about how the Coast Guard is, quote, 
the hard nucleus around the Navy forms in times of war. You are quite, you're a really dull class. So he butchers the joke. No one laughs. And then he has the audacity to call them dull. Well, no, you, you just literally plagiarized Ronald Reagan. And Joe Biden has a history of plagiarizing other politicians. That's what doomed his initial presidential run, plagiarizing a British politician and literally stealing his speech word for word. That was before the internet. It took people a while to realize he did it, but he had to step out of his, his first presidential race in shame as a plagiarizer. And here he is plagiarizing Ronald Reagan, butchering the joke, no comedic timing, doesn't even actually read the joke correctly from the teleprompter, skips words, and then has the audacity to tell the Coast Guard um, graduates that they are a dull class. Well, this was also the time of the year where Kamala Harris went to Central America. Remember Kamala Harris's big Central America trip? Joe Biden put her in charge of fixing the border crisis, so she got to strut on down to Central America. Didn't go well. It didn't go well, and she tried to do an about-face. Tried to tell people, do not come, when just during the presidential primary, she was telling everyone to come. Come across the border, we'll welcome all of you. Mr. Producer, let's play Kamala Harris then versus Kamala Harris now. Cut 17. I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. We have always presented ourselves as being a nation of strength with strong arms, that when people are fleeing harm, we will embrace them. But look at what has happened with this administration. There are children who are fleeing murder capitals of the world. Let's be clear about this. Imagine a mother who makes a decision to pay a coyote to transport her child across the entire country of Mexico, facing unknown peril. She does that because she believes for that child to stay where they are is Kamala Harris then versus Kamala Harris now. I don't know the cup. I don't want to spend too much time on because we we're already halfway through the hour, and we're not even halfway through the quarter. But there was another bit where she was asked about her trip, taking a trip to the southern border, and she rolled her eyes. She rolled her eyes um, at the reporter in Central America in Mexico at the idea of her traveling to the border. This also brought us the fantastic term, and I use that, that, that very lightly, of birthing people. This is, the part, this is the part of 2021 where we found out the Democrats were trying to change U.S. law to take out women and replace it with birthing people because men can become women now. But if men can become women, then why would they become eligible for different federal funding geared towards pregnant women? So instead of calling them pregnant women in the statute, the Democrats at this point in April, May, tried to change the language to birthing people. Like if the federal government sets aside funding to help mothers give birth, it wouldn't be helping women give birth. It would be helping birthing people give birth. Let's play a bit of this as it came out in the hearing, Ms. Bruce, play cut 19. The budget requests $26 million to reduce maternal mortality and eliminate race-based disparities in outcomes among, quote, birthing people. Uh, this is a shift from recent budgets, which referred to maternal health issues as women's issues. Um, I've never heard the term before. Can you explain what it means? Uh, absolutely. Uh, there, there are certain uh, people who do not uh, have uh, gender identities that apply to female or male. Uh, so we think our language needs to be more inclusive in how we deal with complex issues. Uh, I think the underlying issue is most important that your colleagues, Lauren Underwood and others are working on, is to try to ensure that uh, those of color who are uh, giving birth leave the hospital alive. And that, that's the issue rather than the, the verbiage. Uh, the verbiage matters, but the underlying issue is extremely important, and a lot of your colleagues are working hard on this uh, because all of those giving birth uh, should have access to the same quality health care. So is the administration's official policy to relate replace the term woman with birthing people? 
I think our official policy is to make sure when people uh, get service from their government that they feel included and we're trying to use inclusive language. Imagine being so insecure that you become offended by the use of the word women in legislation designed as that as that uh, witness said, designed to help minority women have successful deliveries. I mean, I, I don't really care if you are transgender and you want to say, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm born a man, but I feel like a woman. I feel like a woman. Yeah, I, I don't care. Right now, if you start telling me that I have to start participating in your delusion, that's where I have a real problem with it. I have a real problem with the assertion that I have to start playing along. Right? But th this isn't like that. This is people, men think that they're women and are now offended that federal legislation talks about giving money for women's issues that they can never participate in because they are not actually a woman. I mean, interestingly enough, they, I, they say I'm a woman, but federal funding to help people with testicular cancer would apply to them. I wonder, are they going to turn that men's funding now down? What do we call that? Non-birthing people? I, it's just so dumb. And I, I, I can't imagine how fragile you would have to be about your identity that you would take offense to the use of the word woman in legislation about delivering babies. I, just, I can't even wrap my head around that. It's a level of mental illness that I have never seen before until this year when that came out. So Joe Biden also gave a speech during this time, and he was heckled. He was heckled. And I want to play that. Before I do, I got to remind you, Mr. Bruce, let's go to my screen. This podcast is sponsored by the Conservative Daily Store. Head over to store.conservative-daily.com and pick up our Unvaccinated Lives Matter t-shirt. Unvaccinated Lives Matter, because they do. Pick it up. Available now at store.conservative-daily.com. Well, Joe Biden gave a speech and he got heckled. He got heckled about, I believe it was private prisons. And he started doing his whisper. You know that Joe Biden whisper where he whispers, but he's like furious. So it's like whisper. He, he whisper shouted five more days, five more days. Spoiler alert. Nothing changed five days after he said this, but it was a very strange moment and it shows kind of a, a turning point of even democrats starting to turn against him mr bruce let's play cut 20. i agree with you i'm working on a man give me another five days nothing happened five days later nothing Private prisons did not go away five days later. It didn't happen. What did happen, though, is Joe Biden went over to Europe for the G7. And he had another whisper shout moment where he was asked about his the failures of his administration. And he decided to whisper scold the reporter asking the question that it's, it's only been 120 days. Only been 120 days. Ms. Bruce, let's play cut number 23. When you're having these conversations with European allies who are very concerned about these sanctions, how do you justify that? And what are your plans? To 120 make? days. Give me a break. Need time. 120 days. Sir, you have done really crappy things and you've, you've really pissed off a lot of European countries. You've enraged us. What the policies you're taking are not what you promised to do. It's actually hurting us, hurting our economies, these different sanctions that you are putting through. Sir, what would you say to people who are very concerned about that? 120 days. God, give me more time. But sir, in 120 days, you've done everything I just told you about. You, you're destroying the United States relationship with European countries. What is your response? 120 days. Give me a break. What, not 121, not 122, it's just 120 days. I mean, what the hell are we dealing with here? This, this was his big trip overseas. Whisper shouting at the foreign press. He also gave us some gibberish. He gave us some gibberish 
he gave us the term harassing the full potential. Obviously, he was supposed to be harnessing the full potential, but he, he doubled down and just said, it. no, it's harassing the full potential. Very strange. Mr. Producer, let's play cut 24. By harassing the full potential of uh, those who are harassing, we're going to have to try to change things. <laughs> That's the whole idea. Um, but here we're going to harass harassing the full potential of those who are harassing double down go joe go joe go this next clip miss Brewster, you're gonna to have to turn the volume up immediately because it's it's a little quiet but joe biden in one of these roundtable breakaway sessions introduced the same world leader twice introduced the same world leader twice and just watch everyone else in the room just snickering laughing at him they, oh he's the he's the idiot introducing the same person twice mr bruce let's play cut 25. and just say how pleased i am uh, to welcome uh, those who have just joined us bringing some pretty spectacular weather uh, with them prime minister Modi, uh, president ramaphosa president moon in just a minute and the president and and and, and the president uh, of south africa as, 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 as I, as I said earlier. Oh, you and did? I did. I did. I did. I, I, I certainly did. Uh, so, <laughs> well, you did mention twice. So, uh, I, I, I'll go over that again. I'll let me tell you. I'm going to say we're, we're, we're joined by Prime Minister Modi. Oh, we got to introduce that. No, I already did it. Oh, huh, okay. Okay. It, it gets exhausting covering all this but <laughs> it's been a long year it's been a long year you think you, you listen to some of these things if you've been following the podcast a while you know that we've we, we uh <laughs> we've been covering this all year it feels like this happened years ago but no this was just a couple months ago this is a really disgusting one joe biden claimed that trump supporters killed a police officer at the Capitol on January 6th, a claim that has been completely debunked, but Joe Biden made it anyway. Mr. Producer, let's play cut 26. Mr. President, when President Putin was questioned today about human rights, he said the reason why he's cracking down on opposition leaders um, is because he doesn't want something like January 6th to happen in Russia. And he also said that he doesn't want to see groups formed like Black Lives Matter. What's your response to that, please? <laughs> My response is kind of what I communicated that I think that's a uh, that's a ridiculous comparison it's one thing for literally criminals to break through cordon go into the capitol kill a police officer and be held unaccountable and it is for people objecting and marching on the capitol and saying you are not allowing me to speak freely you are not allowing me to do a b c or d and so they're very different criteria so is that what this is all about? Is that why people are languishing languishing in uh, Nancy Pelosi's gulag? Because Joe Biden thinks that they killed a police officer? Is that why this is happening? Because it's just a complete lie. Not true. Police officer, the autopsy confirmed that he was not. I mean, the original headline was that he was beaten to death with a fire hydrant. It wasn't true. Never happened. I mean, I've lost friends over that. Friends who sent that headline to me at the time was like, oh, wow, look. Look, look at what your friend look what your your friends are doing your followers are doing it's like that didn't happen and then a couple of weeks later i send them the news report debunking everything i said haven't talked to him since haven't talked to him since but it's, it's a complete lie and and to say that kind of lie on the world stage and and accuse trump supporters of killing a police officer truly disgusting and especially now that we're hearing from people who have seen the footage it's actually the opposite, that police officers killed Trump supporters that day by beating them to death. Really, really shameful. Now, at that press conference, Joe Biden also snapped at a CNN reporter. If you remember that, Mr. Producer, let's play, play cut 27. I am I'm not going to walk away on this. Why are you so confident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President? Yeah, I'm not confident he'll change his behavior. What the hell? What do you do all the time? When did I say I was confident? I said, I said, what I said was, let's get it straight. I said, what will change their behavior? 
is that the rest of the world reacts to them and it diminishes their standing in the world. I'm not confident of anything. Just stating the fact. But given his past behavior has not changed, and in that press conference after sitting down with you for several hours, he denied any involvement in cyber attacks, he downplayed human rights abuses, he even refused to say Alexei Navalny's name. So how does that account to a constructive meeting as President, President Putin? President? You don't understand that in your own business. It's a summit with China. So that, on the left, is known as mansplaining. When a woman asks you a question and you respond, belittling her intelligence and her ability to understand basic concepts or trying to explain things to her in a condescending way, that is mansplaining. That is very bad on the left. Joe Biden committed a cardinal sin of leftist politics of, of not only snapping at a journalist. When Trump did that, they called it literal violence, but also the mansplaining, condescension. But CNN, in true, I don't know, what, what word would you use it? Huck fashion? CNN said no apology was necessary. That, that reporter who just had the President of the United States belittle her said no apology was necessary. Let's play this clip, Mr. Booster, cut 28. I owe my last question an apology. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have been such a wise guy with the last answer I gave. Anyway, thanks for being here. And I owe my... So, Wolf, there he is apologizing for the way he responded to my question. That is completely unnecessary from the president. He did not have to apologize, though I do appreciate that he did there in front of the other reporters as he was about to get on Air Force One to go back to Washington. Completely unnecessary. The guy just belittled me on the world stage. Don't, don't apologize. Please, sir, can I have another? That's the media today. Please, sir, can I have another? Please embarrass me more, Mr. President. So Joe Biden gave another gun control speech again, promising to crack down on people who fail background checks, as I mentioned earlier. Again, to this day, no one has prosecuted his son, Hunter. Parmesan cheese smoking Hunter. But let's play that just to, because I said I said I was going to play it earlier. Ms. Bruce, let's play cut 30. As the attorney general said, we're going to crack down on those gun dealers and the violent criminals they knowingly arm. In April, I announced that the Justice Department is going to be issuing an annual report on gun trafficking so we can update that data. Today, the department is announcing, as I just did, a major crackdown on stem the flow of guns used to commit violent crimes. It's zero tolerance for guns. So, no talk of Hunter. Hunter has not been prosecuted. Hunter has not been in any reports. Hunter's going to get away with it because his daddy is president. His daddy is president. Well, we're coming up towards the end of the show, and I, I want to skip ahead a little bit. And I want to just give you a montage. Rather than playing all of these moments together individually, let's play this montage of all the times that Joe Biden creepily whispered in this time period. You know, he says, ah, 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 what are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? That, that kind of Joe Biden creepy whisper. Where like there's an audience of like a couple hundred people and he's whispering into the mic. Whisper for effect. There's a compilation of that. Mr. Peters, let's play cut 31. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. They're going to be getting checks in the mail that are consequential. I wrote the bill on the environment. Pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. I wrote the bill. Pay them more. Da, 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 da. I mean, what, what is this? If Donald Trump did that, he would have been mocked. But no, Joe Biden, nope, that's just that's what Joe Biden does. That last bit, though, it's important to mention where he says, pay them more. What Joe Biden's talking about is the scheme that he enacted to basically condition employees to not want to go back to work until their employers paid them more. Now, I'm all about people being paid what they are, what they deserve, right? If, if you are being underpaid, fight for it, go for it, right? And if you have to change jobs, change jobs. But what Joe Biden did is he stepped in, put his finger on the scale to make it easier for employees everywhere to just, to just bargain by paying them thousands of dollars to sit at home and do nothing to sit at home and do nothing. So that last bit was like, we'll pay them more. 
he's talking about how it was all a scheme to empower workers to get more from their employers. Listen, it's I'm torn on this. If a worker believes they deserve more, they should fight for it. But for the government to step in, right? They couldn't pass, they couldn't pass the minimum wage, so they decided to do it another way. Let's play this full clip, Mr. Producer. Cut 32. Remember, you're asking me, and I'm not being critical of you all. I really mean this. It was legitimate questions you're asking me. Asking me, well, you know, guess what? Employers can't find workers. I said, yeah, pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. What's happening? They're going to have to compete and start playing hardworking people a decent wage. And by the way, talk of inflation, the overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great, you know. So, again, if it turns out that what I've done so far, what we've done so far, is a mistake, it's going to show. It's going to show the economy's not going to grow like it wasn't before. People aren't going to have jobs with increased pay like it was before. People are going to be out of work like it was before with no options. Unemployment's going to continue to climb instead of continue to go down. If that happens, then my policies didn't make a lot of sense. So, so much to unpack there. Obviously, hindsight gives us a very easy way to combat that. He says, oh, inflation is just going to pop up a little. No, Bidenflation is here to stay. Bidenflation is here. And that's what happens when you empower everyone, everyone in the country to start demanding more pay. And that's where it gets really dangerous. If every employee in the country, it wasn't everyone, but if most employees in the country demand more pay, what happens to the cost of the goods and services that they provide? The cost of the goods and services go up. That's something that the left has long believed that in the back of the restaurant, the back of the store, every small business owner has just a safe full of money. And if they only weren't so greedy, they'd give some of that money to their employees. What the left never understands is that these small business owners, even big businesses, operate on the thinnest of profit margins. Yeah, sure, Walmart, big box stores, they have so many SKUs, so many different products that they can afford to run on, on relatively small profit margins um, because people are going to buy a lot. But a moment, like a restaurant, you'd be shocked at how low the profit margins are at restaurants. When all of a sudden a dishwasher is demanding $5 more an hour, otherwise they're not even getting off their couch because Joe Biden's going to pay them to sit at home and do nothing. Right? What do you think that does to the cost of, a, of going out to eat? It goes up. Down near me, there's a McDonald's that's advertising $18 an hour. $18 an hour. What? What do you think that does? <laughs> Are you surprised that the dollar menu doesn't exist anymore? You can't have a dollar menu when you're paying people $18 an hour. Yeah, dollar menu's gone. Joe Biden killed the dollar menu. Joe Biden killed the dollar store. Dollar Tree is no longer Dollar Tree. It's it's Dollar Twenty Five Tree. I mean, there's still technically Dollar Tree, but everything in it has has raised, been raised to Dollar Twenty Five. <laughs> I mean, this is this is him. He's like, oh, it's going to pop up a little bit. What does he actually think here? He thinks that people are going to demand more money just for one pay period, one month, two months. No, once people demand more pay, they get that in perpetuity until they get fired or quit, right? So that that kind of <laughs> kind of inflationary pressure isn't just going to drive like businesses the McDonald's isn't going to start paying its workers 15 to 20 dollars an hour and then just raise prices for a month. No, the prices are up. They're there to stay. It's just so idiotic. It's so idiotic, but it, it's by design. Joe Biden just admitted it was by design. He sent out the checks to people to get them, to give them leverage over their employers. Almost out of time. A couple other things Joe Biden did this time. He ordered a review, official review of the COVID lab leak theory. Notice how that review has not been publicly released as he promised. Hmm. One of those little 
rubbing the chin thing. He officially revoked the Remain in Mexico policy, said in the previous episode that he initiated it, officially ended. He suspended oil drilling leases in Anwar, the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. As I mentioned, he went to G, the G7. He met the Queen. Also, big one, Juneteenth became a federal holiday. Don't have enough time to go into how much of a bullshit holiday Juneteenth is. Sorry if you if you appreciate it, but Juneteenth being a federal holiday is beyond stupid. I I applaud the fact that that slaves were freed after the Civil War. I love it, and I love that in Texas and surrounding states it became a celebration because they were the last ones to find out about it. But this year. This year, you had the CDC. Remember this? The CDC had to change, had to reschedule an emergency meeting that was put on the books to study heart damage caused by coronavirus vaccines. If we put up image 29, Mr. Producer, they set up this emergency meeting because the vaccines were seen to cause heart damage in younger people. But no, they actually had to cancel that meeting and reschedule it. Because Joe Biden made Juneteenth a holiday. So we literally, I mean, this is, this is crazy. We live in a world where after they finally admitted that the COVID vaccines can cause heart damage, they canceled the whole discussion on it, rescheduled it an extra week because of the bullshit national holiday of Juneteenth. Just imagine that. Oh, well, we just invented a holiday, created a federal holiday out of thin air. So we're going to have to wait a week before we decide whether or not the thing we're pushing on the population is killing a lot of you. No, just keep administering the vaccine for an extra week. Got to take off. It's Juneteenth, baby. What's going on here? I mean, it's, it's just so dumb. They think you're stupid. Well, if you follow the Conservative Daily Podcast, if you watch it, you are not stupid because we do our best to make sure you are as educated as possible about the issues that matter. And then we empower you to make decisions to affect change. And if you've been watching the last couple episodes, these are a recap of the year. Lots, lots to be concerned about with Joe Biden. But again, number of different clips I played was him talking about legislative agenda uh, priorities. I'll, just, I'll do be Joe Biden now. They didn't pass. Didn't pass. So there's a lot to be happy for as we go into the new year. Still a lot of fights. A lot of fights to be had but there's a lot to be thankful for. Well, that's it for this edition of the podcast. Before we go, got to remind you, this podcast is also sponsored by MyPillow. Head over to MyPillow. When you, when you use promo code CD21, Charlie Delta 21, you're going to get the best deal you can possibly get, up to 66% off. I actually think that's gone up a little bit lately. The MyPillows are the cheapest they've ever been. Head over there. And full disclosure, we do get a small commission when you use our promo code. That's how it works. When you see the promo code on TV, you're giving a commission to whatever channel that is. But if you're going to buy from MyPillow, we ask that you please use our promo code. It's it's just as good as any of the other ones. And you're going to help us keep the lights on, help us grow the channel, and uh, and continue to build on this show. So again, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CD21 to get the maximum discount up to 66% off your order. Podcast also sponsored by Liberty Cigars. Liberty Cigars. Maybe I'll have a cigar tonight. Maybe I'll save it tomorrow. I don't know. LibertyCigars.com. Use promo code CD21. You're going to get a free cigar on top of all orders over 76 bucks. Liberty Cigars is all about historically themed cigars. So they have the Commander Series. They have the Founder Series. These are cigars that if you look on those bands, you can see they have different founding fathers, different heroes from the revolution teaching you history as you go. So if you have a friend or family member in your life who enjoys, enjoys a good smoke every now and then, enjoys history, Pick up an order from Liberty Cigars. And again, use promo code CD21 to get a free cigar on top of all orders over $76. That's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Um, not sure what that was. This is, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Um, again, if you like the podcast, please, please, please follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star review. We need that five-star review. For some reason, in Cape Verde, we have climbed from the third most popular political podcast now to the second. I think it's because I keep mentioning it, so I'm going to mention it again. If you, if you want to help us climb up those rankings, we need your help. Please leave us a five-star review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, and Audible. We go live 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, so tune in for that. Um, if you need a little reminder, 
you're one of those Facebook refugees that don't have notifications anymore, text the word freedom to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system and we'll give you a notification telling you what we're talking about and then how, when, and where you can watch. I'm not quite sure what the plan is for tomorrow. I texted Joe, but he was asleep because he did his telethon. Not sure if we're going to do an evening show tomorrow or if we're going to hold a double show in the morning. Uh, I know people have lots of things to do. It's New Year's Eve tomorrow. Um, so I'm not sure if, if primetime New Year's Eve broadcast is the best time slot, but we'll let you know tomorrow whether it's going to be an evening show or a double up or just one episode tomorrow. We will see. But normally 11 a.m., 7 p.m. Eastern is when we go live. That's it for this edition. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.